0: looks like it's not yeah That's so good all right i'll be quiet now <laughs> okay good to hear your voice yeah it's good to hear your Okay, Sippa, um, you wanna put the link in the chat for anybody that doesn't have it? We're doing a Sicha on Sukkis and Sippa's um, gonna put it in the chat. Yeah, thing. I just did. I think everyone that was on. Thank you so it. much. 10 o'clock, we're gonna begin. We're learning um, the Sikha Aleph in chelik Yotes, Chag And this is really, I, I, I hope that you will um, find it as interesting as I thought it was. Um, and I don't know, I feel like it's, it's helpful for us because Sukhas is not the easiest yamkev and uh, to understand more about uh, the 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 energy of it, and what is accomplished is helpful. At least it helps me <laughs> to you know to 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 greet it and embrace it properly. Aleph, is the Gemara So the Gemara Besukah, we find Tanya. It is written, Rabbi Eliezer Omer. Rabbi Eliezer says, Kaseim she'en Adam Yosei dechavasa biyam tovarish and shalachag bilulava yishalachavei. Just like a person cannot be yotze in a mitzvah of Lulav um, by using a Lulav that belongs to his friend rather than one that belongs to him. Because it says, you should take for yourself. On the first day, pre Hadar, the fruit of a beautiful tree, which is understood to mean the Esrek, and the font of a date tree, of your own, uh, of your own, uh, either you grew it or you bought it. In the same way, a person does not fulfill his obligation to sit in a sukkah in the sukkah of his friend. As it says, you should um, make uh, or an act for yourself the Yom Tav of Sukkot, for seven days. But it says, Taselecha, for you, Mishelcha, this comes to teach that it should be of your own, meaning you should sit in a Sukkah that you own. But the Chachamim, but the differed uh, with this opinion. And they taught even though a person is not fulfilled, does not fulfill his obligation for a lulav on the first day with a lulav that belongs to his friend. But a person does fulfill uh, his obligation to sit in a sukkah by sitting in the sukkah of his friend. And what is this based on? because it says, kol ha'ezrach b'Yisrael yeshvu b'sukkos. It says that every citizen among the Israelites will sit in sukkos. Malameh, this teaches us, shekol Yisrael re'uyim le'shi b'sukka achas. This teaches us that all of B'nai Yisrael are ra'oi, um, it's, 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 ra'oi it, it, uh, are deserving of sitting in one sukkah. So, what did the rabbis teach us by saying this? My darshabi, what what did they want to teach us with this? What does it teach us? It teaches us, we need this second pasuk, Gizula. I'm sorry, not the second pasuk. We need the first pasuk. So the first pasuk that says, what do we learn from that? If the Chachamim had a different opinion and they said that based on the second pasuk, the second pasuk is, that all of the citizens of Israel will sit in sukkahs and this teaches us that all of us um, are deserving of sitting in one sukkah, that we could all ideally sit in one sukkah. So then what does the first Pasuk that says Lacha teach us. It teaches us l'meute Gezula. It teaches us to exclude a sukkah that is stolen. Aval she'ula, but a sukkah that is borrowed, a sukkah uh, that either you actually loan the whole sukkah or you sit in somebody else's sukkah. For that, k'siv, the Pasuk says, kola ezrach. This teaches us that we are able to fulfill our obligation to sit in a sukkah even if we don't own it but if we borrow it um i just want to clarify that when we say we we're talking here actually for men uh, a woman is not to, to sit in the sukkah. although we do and we're able to make a bracha when we do um but this is talking primarily about that a man has uh an, uh you know an actual obligation and he can fulfill this obligation by either borrowing the sukkah from someone or sitting in a sukkah that belongs to somebody else. And we go in accordance with the second opinion, uh, which comes to us from the chachamim, which differs with the first opinion, that just like you can't fulfill your obligation for lulav with a borrowed lulav, in the same way you can't fulfill your obligation to sit in a sukkah when you're not sitting in your very own sukkah. So the halacha goes according to the Chachamim, that you can fulfill the mitzvah sukkah by sitting in somebody else's sukkah. Even though you can't fulfill on the first day of sukkah your obligation with the dalad minim if they are borrowed and they don't belong to you, which is why if you use somebody else's dalad minim, they have to gift it to you. Again, halachically, we're talking about man to man because it has to be lachem, so the word lachem teaches us that we have to actually own it. Sukkah shani, but the mitzvah of sukkah is different. And a person can fulfill his obligation for sitting in a sukkah with a sukkah that is borrowed, that is not his own. And in accordance with the simple explanation of this, we understand it's implied that what is the reason, what is the underpinning of the thesis of the Chachamim who opine that you can fulfill the mitzvah of sitting in a sukkah even if you borrow it, meaning if it's not yours, but you either actually physically borrowed a sukkah from someone else, or you're sitting as a guest in somebody else's sukkah. Because the lesson that we learn from that second Pasuk, every Israelite resident or citizen melamed, and, and that the Gemara says that this teaches us, all of Israel uh, are deserving of sitting on one sukkah, that there's this concept that we could all sit in one sukkah. Megala that second Pasuk reveals, that when it says in the first Pasuk of the mitzvah of Sukkot, that you actually need your own Sukkah, and therefore the word in that first Pasuk, it doesn't come to teach us, it comes to teach us the following lesson, that a stolen Sukkah is excluded. But a borrowed sukkah, if you're sitting in someone's sukkah as a guest, that is included in the ways that you can fulfill the mitzvah of sitting in a sukkah. Okay. And these are the words. Lacha Mishelcha. Alta Chabba says, even though we have a passage in the Torah that says that <clears throat> the festival of sukkahs you should make for yourself, and the word Lacha for yourself comes to teach us Mishelcha from what belongs to you. That is to say that the sukkah should be something you own and not something that your neighbor or your friend owns. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, a person does fulfill his obligation um, in sitting in a sukkah with a sukkah that is borrowed. <laughs> because if he goes into it with permission of the owner, And you could see if you're, if you're working from the same uh, uh, words that I am, you could see that these three words are, 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 are italicized. They're being underscored. That the reason you could fulfill the mitzvah by sitting in somebody else's sukkah is because when you go into it with permission, it's as if it's yours. Hare hi kishaloi. It's as if it's yours. mishalcha, And so the word l'cha in that first pasuk that mentions sukkahs comes only to give you the following caveat to exclude a sukkah that you have stolen. It says clearly, it says clearly that sukkah is also just like the Dalit Minim, we should learn that it has to be of your own, that you have to own the sukkah, from the word lakha, just like we learned this about the dalad Minim. The Afal became, and nevertheless, nevertheless, you fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah with a bare sukkah. The Alta the that when you sit in another Jew's sukkah, it becomes as if it's your own, and this is a chiddush. This is something marvelously interesting and different. We have to understand. So according to al Rebbe, why can you fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah in a borrowed sukkah? Not like we have learned previously in the Gemara, because of that second pasuk that says "kol that all the citizens and it applies; they all sit in one sukkah. So therefore, this comes to include a borrowed sukkah. Kishaula hare ki according to the Gemara, if you borrow it, it's like yours. No, the Al-Takhebist says, it's because when you enter into a sukkah, it's like yours. Im <speaking in Hebrew> and therefore, <speaking in Hebrew> So if there is this, this concept, that by borrowing the sukkah becomes like it's yours, so why not use the same construct when it comes to the Dalit Minim? Why can't it be that when you borrow from another Jew, the Dalit Minim, it should become like yours. She'ula, it's borrowed. Harehi kishalay, it's like it's yours. What is the difference between the mitzvah sukkahs, sitting in a sukkah and the midst of Dalid Minim, that they should be treated so differently? Base. The chaira it would seem, he efshali that we can reconcile this question by saying that when we talk about what belongs to him, shaloy means it belongs to him, when we talk about what belongs to him itself that when you talk about what belongs to a person there are various gradations of ownership there are different ways iterations (coughs) to understand that what it means, that it belongs to him. Besukah, when it comes to the mitzvah, sitting in a sukkah, the pasuk, reveals for us, that it's enough that when the pasuk says to you, that it has to mean from what belongs to you, that you can satisfy this caveat in a, in a, a less severe or strong way. So, even though it doesn't belong to you, Mamash, but re- relevant to the mitzvah of Sukkah, when the Pasuk says for you, and the Gemara says it should be of your own, this also includes something that you borrow. And for the mitzvah of sukkah, that's enough to say that it belongs to you, that you borrowed it with permission. in but in contradistinction, when it comes to mitzvah dalet midim, she'boy ein limut we do not have this teaching, But when it comes to, to the mitzvah dalet midim, you need the higher, more stringent level of belonging. When it says you should take it to you, it has to be Literally, me shalachem, it has to belong to you, it has to actually belong to you, but shalem, in a complete and consummate manner, and that excludes Hama'id, it excludes it excludes Lulav Hasha'ul, a borrowed Lulav. And that's why on the first day. When you use somebody else's lulav, a man uses somebody else's lulav, it has to be given to him by matana, has to be given as a gift, even if he's going to give back the gift. But in order for him to do the mitzvah, it can't be borrowed. He has to be gifted the lulav. So that would be an elegant way to explain the difference. Avul, however, we cannot embrace that you know, more simple route because milashur hazak in lahal and sham Mashmah, because in accordance with the words of the Alter Rebbe over there, it's understood. She she'ula besukah, mamash. Because according to the words of the Alter Rebbe, it's not just like in some metaphoric, allegoric way, when you sin in somebody else's sukkah becomes yours. No, the Alter Rebbe makes clear that when you sin in somebody else's sukkah, or you borrow somebody else's sukkah, it belongs to you, mamash. How do we see this? V'zel right? because a little bit after what the Rebbe already cited, the Alta Rebbe says as follows. But afalpi, and although bidi evid, ex post facto, not not, not to begin with, but if you did it, then bidi eved yodzei besukah gizula hamedes bekarkah, that you can't be yodzeh with the mitzvah of sukkah that sits without permission on somebody else's land. So you set up a sukkah on somebody else's property without their permission. And b'di evet, after the case, ex post facto, you have fulfilled the mitzvah of sitting in a sukkah. Mikol Al the says, but still in all, to begin with, ain sukkah shel You should not sit in a sukkah to fulfill this mitzvah on property that belongs to somebody else. Because then that wouldn't be Shaloy, it wouldn't be his. So, although the sukkah belongs to you, but the property upon which you set up the sukkah does not belong to you, and that chisels away at your level of ownership in the sukkah, and it's not shaloi Mamash. And the al continues, and the Tari said that we should make sukkahs for you, and we understand this means of your property. And this kind of situation where you set up your sukkah on somebody else's property without asking permission does not compare at all to the situation where you borrow somebody else's sukkah. Meaning, either you actually borrow somebody else's sukkah or you're sitting in somebody else's sukkah as a guest. Because in those cases, whether they actually loaned you a sukkah, or you're sitting in somebody else's sukkah, that is with their permission. And these are the important words. And al says that when you sit in somebody else's sukkah, medaita, with their knowledge, they've agreed for you to sit in the sukkah, then it's like it's your sukkah. So it comes out, So from this passage, that the Rebbe just cited it's understood, it's implied, that the reason that a person is not Yotze, his obligation to sit in a sukkah that is borrowed, it's not because it's enough for the mitzvah sukkah, It's enough that it doesn't actually have to belong to him. If he borrows it, it's as if it belongs to him. No. But the Al-Tarabah makes clear with the juxtaposition of the borrowing of the sukkah or sitting in somebody else's sukkah against somebody who set up their sukkah on somebody else's property without permission, that there's a very big difference between the two. In the case of the person who set up their sukkah without permission on somebody else's property, it's gazula. it's considered a, a form of theft, and therefore it's not mishaloi mamash. It's not considered as if it was his, actually. In the case of you're sitting in somebody else's sukkah as a guest or borrowing their sukkah, it is shaloi mamash. It comes into a different category as if the sukkah belongs to you. And so, if so, Hadra kushi ledukto. So now, we are back to our original question with the same strength. milachem So, why is it that when it comes to dalad minim, in contradistinction to the mitzvah of sukkas, the word lachem excludes the possibility of borrowing it? You cannot fulfill the mitzvah of Dalaminim with a borrowed set. Why can we not apply the same construct as we do when it comes to the mitzvah of Sukkot? We might be able to explain this by saying, that the novelty that we learn from that second Ezrach, every citizen among the Israelites, who sagi gam We come to learn not that with a sukkah, it's enough that it doesn't belong to you. It's almost as if saying that the mitzvah of sukkah is somehow less important than the Dalen medium. And that's why with the Dalen medium, it actually has to belong to you. And by the sukkah, it's enough. If you sit in somebody else's sukkah, it's as if it belongs to you and that's enough. So it's kind of like the soft bias of lower expectations. So Rebbe says, no, it's the opposite. We're not learning. That we're learning the opposite. hasuka, So this is like the real aha moment, or one of them at least in this in the thats That is that there is an inherent quality in the sukkah itself that puts it in a different category. hasuka mamash. And because of this inherent quality, the inion of sukkah, when you sit in somebody else's sukkah, it becomes like yours, but not metaphorically, but mamash, actually. And before the Rebbe goes in, so the, the, the whole rest of the sicha is to explain this al chasidus. But before the Rebbe goes in to unfurl the, Deeper stratus of this al pichasidus, the Rebbe explains al pinigla what the what the um, thought process is. We might say that simply speaking, this is the explanation for why these two mitzvahs are treated differently. That is to say that with a dalid medium, it has to belong to you actually. Either you own it, you bought it, or it was gifted to you for that time for the usage at that time. Whereas with a sukkah, it's enough, and you can fulfill your obligation, and you fulfill it completely if you sit in somebody else's sukkah, if you borrow it. And, the, and he says, the reason is as follows. Because when a person borrows a sukkah to his friend, whether he gives him an actual physical sukkah, or he says, oh yeah, you can use my sukkah, please, with pleasure, when you invite somebody to share your sukkah, you give them a sukkah. You're giving it to them for usage that has to parallel. It has to, um, it has to be It has to be similar to how a person would use their apartment. Adira a dwelling place because that's the mitzvah of sukkah's that you have to you have to you have to dwell there like you would dwell in your house meaning it's as if you say to somebody yes we own a second apartment and you can loan it and you can live there for two weeks when you're going to be in new york please be my guest sharei zehu kol sukkah because the whole mitzvah of sitting in a sukkah is not just to sit physically not just to take your meals but you're supposed to Dwell there. You're supposed to mamash dwell in your sukkah. Masha'inkim belulav, but with the mitzvah of lulav, and contradistinction, the word shalcha, the whole idea that it has to be yours, hurakt nai, It's almost like it's it's a technicality that it has to belong to you. The hashala hibaofen shalom mamash. And therefore, when you loan somebody your sukkah, it mamish becomes his because you loaned it, with this intention. You loaned it with the intention of their being able to dwell in it. In other words, in plain English, inviting somebody to share your sukkah is a bigger and therefore a premeditated, full-blown full throttle commitment, you might say. And therefore, it becomes shaloi mamash. The fact that you have to make sure that this person owns the sukkah by telling, by the lulav, I'm sorry, by telling them, I'm giving it to you as a gift, it's, it comes out, it's more of like a technicality, but it doesn't go to the heart of what the mitzvah is. Whereas with sukkahs, the heart of the mitzvah is that you should literally dwell in the sukkah. Um, I'm dating myself. Uh, but yes, it's true that I, I've still lived most of my years without a cell phone in a world without cell phones. And I'll never forget that my grandfather uh, bought this like very, very, very long wire so that he could bring all of his phones into the sukkah. He had three lines. So he had to bring three physical phones. So he had these long, long wires uh, to connect them. So he could take all his phone calls in the sukkah to, you know, to dwell in the sukkah. And um, my grandmother, I, I mean, she must have seen this in her home. Um, there had to be, there had to be windows in the sukkah and they had to have curtains. Uh, she would like have these curtains like starched by the Chinese uh, laundry around the corner on uh on Kingston Avenue, and for those people that remember on the corner of uh, Kingston and Empire, that was a Chinese laundry. And every single year, the, the, the white curtains had to be bleached and, and, and starched and go on the windows. And this is all part of like dwelling in the sukkah, but I digress, gimel. Okay, so that's the Alpine Nikola. Now the Rebbe has finished explaining. Now we are going deep sea diving. So, And we could add and we could deepen this and sweeten this by going into the uh, innermost aspect of the difference between um, the mitzvah of lulav and the mitzvah of sukkah. What, What is this inherent quality? What is this spectacularly unparalleled quality of a sukkah? From the pasuk kol the Gemara taught us that all of Bnei Israel are ro'uy; they are deserving of sitting in one sukkah. Why is that? shel because there is some superlative quality about the sukkah, achadim, and due to this quality, achadim call Bnei Israel metzius achas. All of Bnei Yisrael are united, and they become one Mitzios. They become one existence. Ada Sher Kol Yisrael Uim Leiship Asuka Achas, and therefore we become deserving. We become deserving of all sitting in one sukkah or mehaytayma. And for this reason, bisukah gam hashula hikishaloi mamash. And for this reason, because the sukkah has this transcendent quality that it unites us and it makes us all as one. So when you're sitting at somebody else's sukkah, it is your sukkah, because you and he and all the other Jews are all one existence. Hasidus explains the explains on the Pasuk in Tehillim, Tiko Chagenu. So on the words, Hasidus explains, that there are a lot of spiritual energies that remain obscured, shrouded, obfuscated. On Rosh Kippur, but so that that is covered, that was bekessa, that was shrouded, comes in a revealed way. On the day on the on the of the Yam Chagenu And now we'll be able to understand the difference in how the word "lachem" in the Teyr that is used by both mitzvahs is actually parsed differently in terms of a person's obligation. If you are able to fulfill your obligation through borrowing. Why is it treated differently in the case of the mitzvah of sukkah, as opposed to the mitzvah of the Dalit. minim? we will understand this by prefacing habir binyanim elu kafishahim Rosh Hashanah will preface this by understanding these inyanim, these spiritual energies that are hidden, that are still shrouded and obscured on Rosh Hashanah yom Kippur. So the Rebbe says. We've already explained, in another place at great length, that in the content, the spiritual content that has to be unpacked, both in Rosh Hashanah and Kippur, there are there are three facets, there are three aspects. And um, one is higher than the other in gradation. Aleph. There's the mitzvahs hayyim. The first level is that there's the mitzvah of the day. The Rosh Hashanah mitzvah, Tzkeha shayfer. Yom Kippur mitzvah, Tzkeha shayfer. Rosh Hashanah, the mitzvah of the day is Tzkeha shayfer, is to hear, to blow the shayfer, to hear the shayfer. On Yom Kippur, the mitzvah of the day is to fast. And the mitzvah of the day is also tzvah and confession. That's level one. That's aspect number one. Base, the second aspect. These two yamim tovim are part of a category known as aser the ten days of repentance. Asher tshuva, he The inning of tshuva transcends mitzvahs. Because tshuva comes from a transcendent place higher than mitzvahs, therefore it has the ability to fill in, as it were, and to fix that which a person missed out on when they did not fulfill the mitzvahs. So, so far we have two categories. We have the mitzvah itself of the day, Rosh Hashanah has one mitzvah, Yom Kippur has a different one. Then we have a higher level. And that is that both Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are part of a seros teshuva, And Teshuva transcends the category of mitzvahs. And Gimel, we have the third and the highest level. Teichnam Ha'atzmi, the essential, the, the innermost um, essence of these days. Shel yamim that is higher, that is even higher than the Indian of Tshuva. And this expresses itself, this expresses itself, this highest level, this essential level, this most transcendent level, uh, has expression in the Avoida of coronating God upon us, crowning him as our God, will be Yom Inyan And on Yom Kippur, the most transcendent aspect of the day expresses itself in these famous, iconic words that the essence of the day itself, which transcends what you do or you don't do on the day, the essence of the day itself is Mechaper. mechaper. And this is a higher level of atonement that transcends what a person is able to accomplish through their own teshuva. And these three strata, these three facets or aspects or levels in the days of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur when you analyze them, that is going to analyze this now, you understand that they express three different types of connection and unity between the Jews and Hashem. So here we go. On the first level, it bespeaks a way of understanding the relationship between Bnei Israel and Hashem, as Bnei Israel being Kav as it were, their own existence. There's something separate from God. Nevertheless, they unite themselves with Godliness. Now, if you're talking about a situation where you have two things that are separate and they need to be united, u and ze. If, in fact, there are two different things, then you need to create the connection and the unity. And this is expressed through the agency of some, of some third thing. The third thing becomes the conduit of connection. And in this case, it's Ki ha-mitzvahs. So you have a Jew. You have Hashem and you have the mitzvah that connects them. So, how did these two disparate things connect through this third mitzvah, this third uh, existence, which is called a mitzvah, which really is an expression of B'nai Yisrael accepting upon themselves all Shemayim, and fulfilling the edict of the king. And that's how they become connected. <coughs> that's, that's one way. But even in this one way, but in the modality of expression, of connection and unity through mitzvah, there's a subsidiary level, which is deeper. There is a connection, an innermost connection between the Jew and God that does not at all depend on fulfillment of mitzvahs. And this second strata of connection parallels the second aspect of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and that is that they're both part of the Aseris Teshuva. They both are part of the second level called Teshuvah. <clears throat> what happens? How does Teshuvah happen? Because <laughs> if you analyze chuva, you're dealing with a situation where you have a Jew who has cast off of him or herself. The the yoke of, of heavenly kingdom, and they have trespassed the command of Hashem. And still in all, Harehu Khash Godov Al Kah, and still in all, the Jew, who it seems, has, as it were, maybe divorced him herself from Hashem, feels this great tsar, this great pain, and this great regret. He wants to fix this, and therefore, and then, he does Teshuvah. So this would parallel the second strata, Yerusha Kipper Kippur, Teshuvah. And this is higher than the first, where it would seem you're still talking about two things, a Jew and Hashem, and therefore you need a third thing to solder them together. In this higher level, the love of Teshuvah, your, the Rebbe is analyzing and therefore we're understanding that even when a Jew doesn't do a mitzvah, there is this bond. And this inherent bond forces or brings to the fore this sense of tsar and charata, this sense of upset and pain and deep regret. And therefore they're catapulted into this process of teshuva. But this second level, which we've explained, transcends the first level of connection through mitzvah, because this level was actually created by the absence of a mitzvah. And so therefore it reveals a deeper level. But still in all, it's still in the final analysis, connected it has a sheichus, it's connected to the observance of mitzvahs. why because because in the final analysis what causes the Jew to feel this tzar and this harata, this pain and this and this um deep regret it's it's because he didn't fulfill a mitzvah and so Tshuva is about deciding that from now, going forward, I will fulfill the Edict of the King. And because this resolution to do Tshuva or the or this feeling to do Tshuva and the resolution that is derived from that, that I will, going forward, always do mitzvahs, because it also comes from an incident where he didn't fulfill the mitzvah. And so in the final analysis, it is still true on this level that somehow the person is still a mitzvah atzma. He is his own existence and he connects to God through fulfilling the word of Hashem. The third and the highest level, the highest level of, remember, we're looking at the different levels in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur that come to be revealed, that which is Bikesa, that which is hidden and shrouded is revealed. What's the third level and the highest? The highest level of connection between a Jew and Hashem is it's when B'nei Israel and God are Mamish one. We are essentially as it were one thing. And this level of connection. Finds expression in our request of God and in our spiritual service of on, on Rosh Hashanah, Please be our king. B'nei Yisrael arouse the desire of Hashem and they effect Hashem's will to be our king. The ability to connect Hashem through doing mitzvahs or even through tshuva comes only after you accept Hashem as your king. Before you've accepted Hashem as your king, then it's not shayich for you to fulfill his mitzvahs or to feel sorry that you didn't fulfill the mitzvahs and to do tshuva for us. So it's only after you accept Hashem upon you as a king that there is place to talk about keeping his edicts or doing teshuva because you didn't. And that's how you make the connection. But before Hashem is your king, before you have fulfilled this idea of of asking God to be your king. What what arouses in a Jew? What fuels the feeling that you want to make Hashem your king? What, What causes you to feel the lack in your life? That you actually want to make Hashem your king. It's because we feel this necessity that we ask Hashem to be our king. But what fuels that sense of desire in us and necessity? It's because essentially we and Hashem are one. Very strong words. And therefore, we cannot be, God forbid, without a melech. Because we are one with the melech. Um, You know, in many other philosophies, maybe most starkly in Greek philosophy, it centers on like, is there a king? Is there a God? Is there a higher power? In Yiddishkeit, we don't philosophize about if. Everything in Yiddishkeit is about How? How we have this relationship. The relationship is taken for granted because we and Hashem are one. So there's no discussion about if, but there's a lot of discussion about how, what form this takes, how we strengthen that relationship and so on and so forth. Doubt. A Pizem movement. So based on this, it's understood once we understand these three levels, we can understand that when it comes to the fulfillment of mitzvahs, there can be differences between one to and another. One Jew can fulfill the mitzvah with greater hider, a Jew can fulfill the mitzvahs with greater kavanah. And even though the um, the differences are less stark, but there can also be differences in the process of tshuva between one Jew and another. The differences are more um, nuanced, they're more edel, they're more refined, they're more esoteric differences, but there are differences. When you're talking about making God king, there are no differences between any Jews just as we find with a mortal king, when it comes to coronating the king, or maybe we want to think about, I don't know, maybe we don't want to think about this, but um, maybe for our, for our frame of reference, when we think about like voting in a president. So there's no difference between who's casting the vote. You could be, you know, past president you you could be the secretary of state you could be a mayor and you could be a pedestrian and and at least ideally and if everything's working right it's all supposed to count the same so in the haktara of the am that comes to the self-abnegation of the of the nation I made sar godol yachad imish a so when it comes to the haqhtara the greatest sar the greatest um so our officer, and the ish Pasha, the simple person, they both have to have that same level of abnegation to the king. Even though, once the king is coronated, there will be differences in the way that different people will be involved in fulfilling the edicts of this king. Why can there be differences? Because bekiyim ha mitzvah keivan she-echos and nase al yadon who ba-efin she-benei yisrael ba-eder margishim atzma m'kmitziyus be miskashim la there can be differences in in quality. There are qualitative differences in the mitzvah because there's a qualitative difference in the connection that is effected through the mitzvah. Why? Because when a Jew does a mitzvah, it's still on the level of where they feel their own mitzvah. So I am doing this mitzvah. And because I still feel my mitzvahs, there's also going to be a qualitative difference in the level of connection and therefore because of Mitzvah in the final analysis so it's very individuated it really depends on your level of Kabbal at the time it's going to be it's going to be in consonance with your level as you stand at that moment vis-a-vis your feeling yourself, your own mitzias. Therefore, there are going to be differences in the mitzvah. When you talk about the vayda of tshuva, here you're talking about something that comes from a deeper level of connection. It's not practically effected through fulfilling a mitzvah. And on this level, right? And so on this more profound level, the level of chuva, there are not these stark differences between one Jew and another. And as we've seen historically, tshuva Af, As Af can actually be affected. Uh, and, and a deep and profound tshuva can be affected through just the thought, the turning yourself around, like the famous story of the mental foot of us, you know, the hardest part of the trapeze, um, uh, the high wire act, the tightrope walker, is turning around. So turning around, that's the Indian of chuva. That can be done with, that That can be affected. It could happen in one moment, like Rabbi Laza ben Dordayin. And so on that level, that's a very profound level where there aren't really these stark differences between one Jew and another. For Afal and still in all, there are still going to be gradations, differences. He safe, safe, because in the end, because a person still has to do tshuva on or for and in commensurate measure with the sins that they did. <clears throat> or it's a different type of chuvah where you didn't actually do a sin but you're trying to bring yourself back to your source and in both cases there is room for a gradation <inaudible> because every person is different but on the highest level <inaudible> but on the level of please make me your king on that transcendent level, on the third level that's found in Rosh Hashanim Kippur. Because this flows from a place where the Jews and Hashem are actually one thing. Just like you cannot separate B'nai from Hashem, In the same way, listen to these words, in the same way that you can't separate a Jew from Hashem, you cannot separate one Jew from another. On this transcendent level, On this level, we're all one essence we're all one essence and there and there's no gradation and there's no variation and there's there's no plurality there's no differences hey of ALP although the habashan be protius that when you get into the details mitsim onus kol shishon yim han bershshana yim kipper canal we find these three levels both in Rosh Hashanah and in Kippur, haray bikhlalus ub ubgalui but most generally speaking and in revealed fashion kol echad mehem shayach veyim tavechad me bein hashlisha shebekhaydesh chishrei but more generally, each one of these substrata, and let's let's review, the level of connection via mitzvah, the level of connection via tshuva, and the level of connection that is transcendent and is not dependent on anything else. So each one of these, in a more general way, finds expression in one of the three anchor yamim tayvim of tishrei, Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur and Sukkot. The Rosh Hashanah, ha'inyan hanitzav begoloihu heyesay haroish shalhashana zehu hazman shalachtaras hamelech. What stands out in 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 sharp relief on Rosh Hashanah is that it's the head of the year, it's the time of coronating the king. Like Goyen wrote, that the most important, the first Indian of Rosh Hashanah is the Mitzvah Shafer. and it's through the agency of the shafer that we are Mamlich, the creator of the universe upon us. HaNitzav the inyan that stands out a sharp relief that is revealed, hu heyesa yom tshuva. It's a day of tshuva. Yom keitz u mechila baslicha. It's a day designated for mechila and slicha. La oivrei mitzvah ha to those who have trespassed, the mitzvah, the edicts of the king. Yeseir mizu and more than that. Afilu inyan itzume shel yom. Even the, that aspect that the Rebbe explained earlier is the transcendent aspect of Yom Kippur, the third and highest level, that that the, that the essence of the day alone is and this is the aspect of Yom Kippur that expresses the most essential connection between Ben and Hashem that is even higher than the level of connection that is possible to Tshuva, but at the end of the day, even this transcended level is connected to Kapara. And as the day is called, the appellation of the day, that the, the name of the day, tells you what is the overarching theme, Kapara. So, so far, we have the highest level is Rosh Hashanah, Tamichoni Aleichem. The second is Yom Kippur, is Tshuva, and Chag HaSukas, Who has man sheboyi bnei Yisrael trudim begolui bekiyum hamitzvus, and Chag HaSukas showcases the time in most in, in most revealed fashion when we are busy. We're busy running around doing mitzvahs. We have the mitzvah of sukkah. We have the mitzvah of the Dalit Minim. And in the terminology of, of, of the medrash, a-sukin we get busy with mitzvahs. Take it immediately right after Yom Kippur. we are supposed to go out and do something. Buy a, a eser, start building your sukkah or and like the name of the mitzvah itself, chag all about the mitzvah. Okay, so let's review before we go further. Um, so we started with the nigla part of it, and the question was, what is the difference between the mitzvah of sukkas and the mitzvah of dalid minim? Mitzvah between sitting in a sukkah and the mitzvah of dalid minim that halachically you cannot fulfill the mitzvah of dalid minim by borrowing from someone else. Either has to you have to own it, or it has to be given to you for a matana, at least for that time. Masha'in came, but a contradistinction, the mitzvah of sukkahs can be fulfilled. Not only that, it's not just like, okay, you can fulfill it. But the Alta Rebbe says that when you sit in somebody else's sukkah, it becomes like your own. And the Rebbe explained why this might be Alpin p'inigla. And then launched us on in this discovery of the innermost level of sukkah al And he did this by explaining that in general, there are three levels going on in the, in the relationship and the connection between a Jew and Hashem. There's the level when you do a mitzvah. There's the level when you do teshuvah into which you're catapulted into tshuva because you didn't do a mitzvah, but tshuva is higher than mitzvah. Mitzvah connotes that a Jew and Hashem are two separate things, and they're going to connect via a third entity, which is a mitzvah. Tshuva reveals the way in which the Jew is connected to Hashem, and on that level, it transcends the inion of a mitzvah. Still in all, it's connected to the fact that he didn't do a mitzvah. And the third level is the transcendent level. And that's level where we and Hashem are one. And because we are one, it's possible for us to coronate Hashem. And the Rebbe explained that you can't talk about the two lower levels, doing mitzvahs, or even doing teshuva because you didn't do a mitzvah before you've accepted Omah Chushmaim. But then the Rebbe reveals that why can the Jew Engage in this audacious effort of Tamlichuni Alechem because, on the highest level, we are one. We're walking around with a little bit of Hashem in us, and this is connected to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and the aspects of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur that become revealed only on Sukkot. Like the Pasuk says, Bekesa, what was revealed, what was hidden the Yoyim becomes revealed on Sukkot, And he explains how Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur have these three inyanim. They have the Indian of mitzvah, and Rosh Hashanah, it's shoifah, and Yom Kippur, it's tshuva. It has the Indian of teshuva, of course. And then it has the transcendent level of tam lichuni aleichem. And if you remember our previous sicha, not the last week, but the week before we spoke about how Yom Kippur is the crescendo of Tam Lechoni Alech. Okay, Ad Khan, what we reviewed. Now, Vav. So now with everything that the Habas taught us about these three levels, the three levels found in general, in every mitzvah, the three levels found in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and the idea that all of this comes to full expression in sukkahs, because Chasidus explains that all of the Nyanim that are found in, Kippur in Hidden fashion are Nimshach, they, they um, <coughs> are drawn down and they come to full revelation, on Sochis. Move on. is understood. Even though the Rebbe says that when you line up the three mitzvahs, Rosh Hashanah lines up. parallel parallels the highest level of Tamechuni Alechem. I mean, Yom Kippur lines up with Tshuva clearly, and Sukkis seems to line up with that third and lowest level of connection to Hashem via mitzvahs. But if Sukkot is the time that all the deepest Hamshachas of Kipper come to the fore, then it's understood that even though it would seem that the main Indian of Sukkot is to be busy with all these now. but nevertheless. All of these higher levels of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur are funneled as it were through Sukkot. Even the highest levels that are parallel with Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, namely Anim Kippur Teshuvah and Rosh Hashanah, the highest level of transcendence of Tamil Khuni Alech. Just like in Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, you have the Essence of the day. And then you have the Indian of Chuva. Kimiruma's and Chazal. Where do we see this? We see this alluded to in the words of Chazal, where it says the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, Aseris Yamim Shabain, Rosh Hashanah, Byamakipura. The has spoken this many, many times. There are not the math. It's I guess you could say it's higher math. Because the because because the Gemara says the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yim Kippur, but there are no 10 days between Rosh Hashanah Kippur. So what is the meaning of the Chassidus? Ha'inosh Hashanah, Shoshanah, Yom HaKippur, him b'chalal aseris yimei teshova. So you have to compute into these 10 days. You have to, you have to, add, you have to include the days of Rosh Hashanah and Kippur. But at the same time, him na'alim mitzat atzma me'inin ha-tshuvah Shabbat Shabbat Yom Ha'alim. So there are two things. Rosh Hashanah Kippur are both part of the Indian of Tshuva and they transcend the Indian of Tshuva. So the Rebbe is underscoring that in Rosh Hashanah Kippur you have all three in Yanim. You have the mitzvah of the day, you have the ending of tshuva because they're com- they're included in asar tshuva, and then you have the essence that is higher. And, and the same thing happens in Chagasukas. Matzinu <coughs> we find in Chakasa we find in the puzzle that describes this Yom in the Pasuk that describes this says, Tovim, the Pasuk says, on the 15th day of the seventh month, you have the holiday of Sukkot for seven days for Hashem. Then we have a Pasuk, this holiday of Sukkot you should do for yourself for seven days. And then, Pursue into the midst of sitting in the sukkah. It says, shivas yamin." You should dwell in the sukkah seven days. And it doesn't delineate certain days when you have the mitzvah to in the sukkah. It's all inclusive. Move on, and from this, it's understood. That the essential Indian of sukkahs is the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah. <speaking> in <Hebrew> when it comes to the mitzvah of taking the four kinds, <speaking in Hebrew> the Torah tells us, <speaking in Hebrew> if you're looking at the Sikhi, you see the Rebbe underscored, those words are italicized. That that misses for the first day. And that's when that mitzvah is delineated and from this we understand that this is a second overlay but it's not the essence of that first day because the essence of that first day is included in this in the in the that talk about the seven days in one whole continuum and that same Pasuk continues after delineating separately the mitzvah of Minim, Namar, a third mitzvah. And that is there is a special mitzvah of having joy during these seven days. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special mitzvah to be very happy on this Yumtiv. Balpia now, and based on all this, move on, it's understood. So now we understand that just like every yamtiv has three levels: the mitzvah of the yamtiv, the higher level of Teshuvah, that surpasses the Indian of the mitzvah, and then you have the transcendent level in that yamtiv. That reveals and reflects the way in which we are one, the tamlichuni alechem aspect of the yamtiv. So now it's clear, based on what we just did, it's understood. That this level of essential unity between B'nai Yisrael and God, but often shall that we are literally one. This tamlichuni alechem aspect. This comes to expression through the essential Indian of sukkah. The tshuva level of sukkah that is the essence of the day of Yom Kippur. That is revealed through the mitzvah of Lulav. And the lowest level, the mitzvah level of sukkah, is revealed in the mitzvah of ishamachta Let's review. The Rebbe has set up a triad, and we're following a succession of triads here. This time, it's not a binary; it's a triad. So again. The Niyanim of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur have to come to expression in sukkahs. So in sukkahs, we have the three ideas. We have the Tamlechuni Aleichem, the transcendent level of connection. We are and Bnei Yisrael are kulachad. That is the Indian of sitting in a sukkah. The Yom Kippur level, that is the level of teshuva that's found in every mitzvah, this is expressed in the Indian of the Dalit Minim. And the mitzvah part of Sukkot is expressed in the mitzvah of B'samachda bechagecha. And if you're wondering how tshuva is expressed through lulav, going to be explained right now. Has Hasbarabaza, the explanation. Nizbair la'ila was explained above that in this transcendent level that bespeaks of the essential unity of Hashem and Bnei Yisrael, on that level, there are no differences between one Jew and another. And this level where there's no daylight, there's no differences between one Jew and another, This comes to full expression through sitting in a sukkah. Now we're circling back to the original discussion, and we cited this idea that when it says, that this is halakhically understood, the Gemara understands this, that all of B'nai Yisrael are ru'uyim are deserving of sitting in one in one sukkah shum with no differences matim it is it is worthy and it is um it is the right thing it fits that they should all lay shift to dura they should all dwell ba'isa achas in one sukkah so even halakhically <coughs> this transcendent level is reflected And now you could already, without the Chabad telling us explicitly, you could see already why, when you sit in somebody else's sukkah, it's as if it's your sukkah, because in the mitzvah of sukkah, there's no difference between one Jew and another. Mamish, mamish, mamish. Comes to the mitzvah of the Medrash tells us on the words, and you should take for yourself on the first day. The Medrash says. What about whom is this Pasuk saying Be Lakhem? But you should know be Israel oh sorry be Israel Ba'akum. Is it talking about the Jews and the other nations? Why would we think so? because Hashem judges both the Jews. And the the Gentiles, the idol worshippers on Yom Kippur. We're both judging Yom Kippur. And we don't know who has emerged victorious from this judgment. We're We're not saying that it's color war Yom Kippur between the Jews and the Gentiles, and we don't know who won color war. We're saying that everybody is judged, both the Jews and the Akam are judging him Kippur. And we don't know who emerged from this experience of being judged victorious. Amar um, Baruch Hu, Hashem says, biyat, Take the lulavim in your hands. And then everybody will know, So the mitzvah of lulav is kind of like the... Um, the the expression of us having been victorious in the Indian of having Shuvah on Yom Kippur um I don't know maybe like um in the olden days when like when they won a war they would like um carry aloft like the head of the general of the of the like the, the nation that lost. That was the sign that you won the war. So, like carry aloft your lula, hold it high, and then you'll know, everybody will know who it was that um, emerged victorious. That is to say, that the Atonement of Yom Kippurim, is recognized and is revealed the on the day of sukkahs, in taking the dalad minim. So, sitting in a sukkah is a transcendent level where we're all one with Hashem. And remember on that level, there are no differences between us, one another. Then you have the kapara or the tshuva part of sukkahs, and that is a dalad minim. We've just explained the connection between dalad minim and tshuva by the explained by citing this medrash. And the lowest level, the mitzvah of the day, shenyanah simcha shal mitzvah, higiluy shaliskashu shal yisrael mekadesh baruch hu shalidekhiyum hamitzvos. This reveals the connection between bnei yisrael and God through keeping a mitzvah, and hamor hamoreres tnuah shal simcha etzel bnei yisrael, and this connection arouses in us a simcha, and this is a simcha b'mitzvah of Hashem, and this is the mitzvah of v'samachta b'chagecha. On sores. And now, up here, on more la'il, and based on everything that has taught us, yuvon hachilok b'din hanal, sheben sukkah l'ololof. Now, we're in a position to understand the difference between the mitzvah of sukkah and l'ololof, of dalimim. keivan shah sukkah hii hagilu yishaltam lichoni aleichem shel halyeis b'nei yisrael v'kat baruchu etzamechag. Because, in general, we're taught that on sukkahs, All of the hamshachas of Yom Kippur come to full-blown expression. So the mitzvah of sukkah is the ultimate expression of tam lichun that transcendent aspect of connection between us and Hashem, move on. So it's understood, as we said above, again, when you're operating on that level where you and Hashem are one, there is no difference between you and another Jew. As the Gemara says, all Jews are, are deserving of sitting in one sukkah. This means This means that because of the superlative characteristic of the sukkah, we actually find ourselves in an essential unity. It's not like two separate things that join together. But In the Sukkah, we are one. We are Mamish, one. We have to remember this by the 16th request for more horseradish, more honey, more challah, different kind of soup. Uh, The bee is bothering me ad nauseam. We have to remember that it can't bother us because our own requests of ourselves don't bother us. So if we're one, then it can't bother us. And now we're circling back to that original halacha. That's why if somebody loans you a sukkah, or even you're just sitting at somebody's sukkah, it's mamish it's like yours. And that's why they have the right to, to ask you for more soup, more challah, more honey, a better seat in the shade, in the sun, et cetera, et cetera. Because it is their sukkah. mamash. <speaking in Hebrew> it's mamash, their sukkah. <speaking in Hebrew> Because the sukkah has this distinct, unparalleled, unrivaled quality that it joins all of us to become one You cannot distinguish between one Jew and his friend. You can't say this doesn't belong to him. But it belongs to somebody else. It is his as much as it is his friend. It is his as much as it is, it is, as as it is yours. You bought it, you paid for it, you put it up, you sweated it, too bad. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. On this level, it belongs to everyone equally. Masha came in contradistinction, This is different than if you steal a sukkah from your friend. This is going back to the original halacha. says, shal Rebbe says that the default of a sukkah is that it has this this crazy spiritual quality that it joins us on such a level and therefore belongs to everybody equally. But if you steal somebody else's sukkah, then you're getting in the way of this spiritual energy. Then it's misnagged. It um, it comes up against, it opposes this and it pushes away. It's mutually exclusive to the spiritual quality of a sukkah to steal a sukkah. And that's why if you steal somebody's sukkah, you have not fulfilled the mitzvah. When you steal from your friend, When you steal, you create a separation. You create a fissure in the unity of the sukkah between you and the person that you stole from. No, between the sukkah and no, no, yeah, between, between the sukkah, the mitzvah of sukkah and the one that you stole from, and therefore, it cannot be called yours. If you would have just borrowed it with permission or you would have just come as a guest, it would be yours. But this superlative quality of unity, this transcendent unity, is only vis-a-vis sukkah. It does not extend to Dalit Minim. Even though everybody knows the famous Madrashim that teach us that Dalit Minim um, expresses the Akhtas of Bne Israel we join together, we make one band, we bring all the four types of Jews uh, in the well-known medrash um, <clears throat> that the, that the esrog is the consummate Jew, it has both the smell and the taste, and that's the tera mitzvahs, and so on and so forth. But even so, still in all, but still in all, this is a type of where each one of these kinds still remains a different kind, even after you band them all together. The Rebbe explains. Because the mitzvah of and Minim reveals the atonement of Yom Kippur, remember. Just like there are gradations that I've explained in, in Tshuva, there are gradations between one Jew and another, not as stark as the gradations between the fulfillment of mitzvah between one Jew and another, but still gradations. Because even though the main idea of Tshuva is higher than gradation, But practically speaking, it's an individuated process. And in the same fashion, when you bring the four kinds together, It's an Achdas, and yet it's an Achdas that showcases the differences. And therefore, you can't say that when you borrow somebody else's Dalit Minim, they're Mamish yours. Because in the Indian of Dalit Minim, we each remain individual. Just like it's dafka in the individuation that you fulfill the mitzvah, minim. you cannot take four esrei and band them together and fulfill the mitzvah. You can't take four lulavim, You can't take four hadasim. So you need the individuation in the unity. And so, again, you can't have that, that mamish, that existential unity that allows you to say, yours is mine and mine is yours. In sukkah, you have it. In the dalad minim, You don't have it. And that's why in the Torah, about Sukkot says, which is, but in the Torah, when it talks about that it should be yours, and it's talking about the Dalen Minim, it uses, which is plural. Bis sukkha kolben israhim kin mitios achas. When you're talking about the sukkah, we are Mamish one mithios. We are one. Kiguf echad, like one body. Ubedibor ligguf echad yesh linka balash nyach. And when you speak to one entity, you speak in the singular. Masha inke in a counter distinction, but in when you talk about the Dalminim, Shabikal echa nishamits, atzma, but in Dalit Minim, the four kinds, and therefore every Jew remains separate, even though you bring them together, Hare, Hame Rabim, and therefore the mitzvah's addressed Lachem in the plural. The Afa and still, in all, Gamba said, but Minim Yeshna Inyan Achtos. And still, there is the Inyan of Achtos beigud dalah dala hemin biyachal when you bring the four Minim together. I want to finish, and then we're going to do um, one footnote. I figure if you're still on by now, you'll uh, you you deserve this footnote. So after we have the transcendent Indian of sukkah, it's the the Tamlichuni Alechem level. And that is that we all sit in one sukkah together. And on that level, there's no difference between us and Hashem. There's no separation between us and Hashem, rather. And there's no difference between us and another Jew. And therefore, my sukkah becomes your sukkah and your sukkah becomes my sukkah. Then you have the level of the daled minim. And that is connected to tshuva. And that's higher than the connection between a Jew and Hashem through a mitzvah but there is still place for individuation. And so, yes, you have achdus through the dal minim, but you still have the disparate minim. Because you have the disparate minim, you have the individuation, therefore yours can't be mine and mine can't be yours. And therefore, if I borrow yours, I can't fulfill the mitzvah. It has to belong to me. You have to mamish, take it out of your belonging and transfer it to me. Either by selling it to me or giving it to me by matana. And finally, the And then we have the third level, the lowest level, mitzvahs hasimcha, the mitzvah of the day, which is the mitzvah of simcha. And this um, expresses our connection to Hashem through mitzvahs. And here you're going to mamish have. Differences, wow. you're actually going to have different levels of simcha. Hasidim, the Mishnah tells us that those that went above and beyond the letter of the law, they would dance. The And the pedestrians, the more plebeian Jews, as it were, the plain Jews, would come to see and to hear as the Hasidim and the Anshimayseh danced. So you could see that there's individuation, there's different levels. Um, let's, let's look at, at Ha'ara 44, footnote 44. The Ke'van She'ikar Now, you know, um, in, in a lot of the sikhs, you could see how the Rebbe does this, like he, he goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in subdividing, 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 like holographically. So, in this area, the Chabad does it with the mitzvah of sukkah itself, not the tov of sukkahs and the various mitzvahs, but the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah. That in the very mitzvah of sukkah, you have these three levels: Hamitzvah di Yeshiva You have the mitzvah to sit in the sukkah, the mitzvah itself. Then you have Zeshescha ha'sukah We have this notion that the shach of the sukkah is made from or parallels the smoke of the ketayas yom ha So you have the inion of teshuva, the second level. And gemol ha-inu dechol yisrael v'uyim leishi besukah achas. And then you have this Indian that all of Bnei Yisrael are raw, you to sit in one sukkah and this is a alechem. That as the whole sukkah, the whole sikha has explained is this highest level of Tamlechoni alechem, the transcendent level where there is no distance at all. There's no separation. Bnei Yisrael and Hashem are one mamish. And the Rabbi says, I want to mention, the that the gematria of Shach is 100 to parallel the hundred kailas of the shafer that we've blown that was supposed to hear Rosh Hashanah. Um, so I hope that with this, we can um, launch ourselves into uh, the, the more earthy uh, aspects of this day that I am sure everybody has to attend to now. Um, and, uh, we have the highest and kind of the mindset, uh, to go into this yomtiv and maybe, maybe even to be able to be really besimcha. Um, I want to just remind everybody that next week, again, we'll be learning on Sunday rather than Monday. Um, and I want to wish everybody a good yomtiv and we should, um, be able to, and certainly by learning the Rebbe's Torah, we're in a better position to fulfill the brach of the Rebbe, to be mam shech khalam shachais on this yom tev, um, and to do so b'semcha v'tve leivav. Good yom tev, everybody. A good gevencht you are, Good kvittel.